Hey there, Seaver fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Well, since I am taking the month of April off from Growing Pains episodes, and I just started the Full House slash Fuller House podcast entitled Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House slash Fuller House podcast, I thought... And since Kurt Cameron in season one guest starred on an episode of Fuller House, uh, on an episode of Full House, I thought this would be the perfect time to get in here and do an episode. So I did just a little update on the new podcast. I did submit to iTunes. Fingers crossed. I'm praying that it gets accepted because I really want that. I already have all the social media stuff all set up as well. So the episode I'm going to be talking about today from Full House is Season 1, Episode 18, entitled Just One of the Guys. This episode aired on March 4th, 1988. So just a couple months into 1988. Let's see where Growing Pains was at the this time. I bet it's gotta be at least season three by this time. Let's see. Okay, let's jump back here. So right around, holy magugu, um, right around the time that that episode aired on Full House, season three was almost over with of growing pains so what a good time to get in there you know that really helped full house out because i hear you know season one was not exactly it wasn't booming it didn't really hit until the second season which sometimes maybe that's just how it is with shows shows don't normally hit until the second season it just really depends. So in this episode, DJ feels left out when her cousin visits and spends most of his time roughhousing with Danny. Who wrote th- this? Was written by Red Sox five and twenty four hyphen one or dash one. When is he roughhousing with Danny? I don't think we can count touch football in the park as roughhousing. But this episode has a 7.0 out of 10 rating based on 217 ratings. Let's see, this direct uh, episode was directed by Lee. Is it Chalet? Like, it's spelled S H A L L A T. And I'm guessing, like, maybe if it is a French name, that maybe the T is silent, so it's Chalet. And then. Chamel, C-H-E-M-E-L. I could be entirely, entirely, completely wrong. I want to see if she directed any other episodes of Full House. I know, guys, I know. There's dead air here. Let me pause it while I look. Well, in fact, she directed four episodes. Sisterly Love, just one of the guys. Seven-month itch from... Season one, I guess she didn't want to direct part two. <laughs> uh, DJ's first horse from this is the fourth episode from season two. All right, and of course we have Jeff Franklin and Leonard Rips as 
or as Lenny Rips, as the writers who wrote this episode. Looks like Lenny, he wrote uh, quite a few from season one. First day of school, Sea Cruise, Joey's Place, our very first promo, Sisterly Love, A Pox in Our House. Just one of the guys, and okay, so he wrote the seventh month edge part two. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Tanner versus Gibbler in season two, Joey Gets Tough, Little Shop of Sweaters, and Blast from the Past. In season three, he wrote Nerd for a Day, Aftershocks, Bye Bye Birdie, Three Men, and Another Baby. Oh, I love that. That's a play on the movie. Gotcha. And our very first telethon. Which is that the season three finale, I'm guessing? It's 24 episodes? Here's a couple user reviews for this episode. Someone gave it a 9 out of 10 by Power Mandan from March 21st, 2016. So this is about three years ago. Titles it Brother and Sister. Warning, spoilers. But guys, come on. We've all seen every episode of Full House if you're a billion times each. I still watch it on a regular basis when Jeremy isn't force-feeding me Big Bang Theory, which I can only take so much of that show. I'm sorry. I don't like Sheldon Cooper. I know I'll probably get a lot of hate for that, but he agitates me to no end. That and Howard Wallowitz. I can't stand him. Raj is cool, though. I like him. Sometimes I like him. So, in this review, some Full House episodes really stick out to me. Some I love, some I don't. Some I don't care. This is one that took me a while to get to. Or, excuse me. This is one that took me a while to get because of its original theme that I could not relate to when I was first exposed to it. Now, of course, I love it. Uh, Okay, this is interesting. Uh, 6 out of 10, Mitch Crimp, December 8th, 2013. Entitled, I Want to Play With You! Exclamation point. At first, I'm like a little weary of that. Seeing Kirk and Candace, brother and sister in real life, acting together and being related is pretty cool. In this episode... Kirk plays a cousin whom DJ hasn't seen in a while. He obviously never went to his aunt's funeral since he'd never met Michelle. Well, he's, DJ even said it's been at least two or three years since the last time they saw cousin Steve. And Steve is a cousin on Danny's side. That is his nephew from his sister who had been divorced, which I'll get more into that when I cover the, the episode. So, of course, yeah, he never met Michelle. He was going through a rough time since his folks were breaking up. He might, and maybe his behind closed doors might have been going through that, but definitely in the episode, you really don't see it. He seems jovial, but then again, maybe he's putting on an act. He's wearing a mask to mask his real pain. I don't know. But DJ was feeling his growing pains. (laughs) I see what you did there. He was no longer the cousin who wanted to hang with her. Now he wanted to hang with the men instead. Of course, a person like DJ had trouble accepting his changed personality. But in the end, they became friends. It was great seeing these two together. I like that. I do. And DJ is 11. Steve in this is 17. That is 6 years. That is the same age gap between my sister and me. 
Alright, we got uh, Connections, Just One of the Guys, episode title reference. We got a little bit of trivia, but <laughs> we already know this. After Kirk Cameron, real-life older brother of Candace Cameron Bure, DJ, DJ, did a guest spot as her cousin Steve from Baltimore, Candace Cameron Bure, who at the time was Candace Cameron, guest starred on a couple episodes. Uh, one, I believe, was in season two or three and then the other one was in season four it was a halloween episode fool for love that was the last time we saw her she played jenny steve would later appear in the series as dj's oh for crying out loud guys come on whoever put that crap up there come on we know it. For some goofs, it is said that Steve is Danny's nephew. Uh-huh. Steve is 17. Yeah. It is revealed that Danny has a sister five years younger, which would make her 25 in this time. Since Danny's sister and Jesse are the only siblings between the parents... Uh, what? It doesn't make sense how Steve can be Danny's nephew. And also in season 5, when Becky finds out she's having twins, Danny makes a joke about being called Uncle Danny as if he's never been called that before. Well, we do hear Steve call Danny Uncle Danny. Okay, this person messed up on this goof here. This isn't a relation on Pam's side. This is Danny's side of the family. But guys, I'm not going to spend more time haggling over this. Let's move on to an acronym. No NBA games, especially on the West Coast, will air live early in the morning. When the family are watching the Celtics slash Lakers game, Stephanie says she and Joey watch the game in the morning while Jesse and the others are unaware that the game they were watching was a recorded game on VHS. <laughs> Interesting. Alright, let's just jump into this episode. Also, for those of you that are just tuning into the podcast, thank you. There are ways to follow the Growing Pains podcast. You can go to Instagram, Growing Pains Pod. We also have Facebook, Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. And if you want to email me, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. Anything related to Growing Pains, Wonder Years, Mr. Belvedere, American Dreams, Stuff like that you can, or small wonder, you can just send all your comments, questions to that email. So I got the DVD out. Um, I want to read the description here. It said, for this uh, Just One of the Guys episode, it says, Sports, sports, and more sports. It's a man's world when Cousin Steve visits and DJ feels left out. Aw, poor DJ. There's actually commentary on one of these episodes from season one by Mad Money. I definitely gotta listen to that. That sounds like that would be a awesome good time. Alright, so we come out of the intro. Jesse and Joey are sitting at the kitchen table with baby Michelle. And Grandma, I believe maybe either uh, Danny's mom, so... Grandma Tanner or Grandma Katsap, well, Cochran at this point because he hasn't uh, adopted the last name Katsopolis yet. I think, I believe that must come in season two. Like, new hair, new look, new last name. So they want to get measurements for Michelle for this sweater that Grandma's knitting. 
really all you would need to do is what shirts, what sweaters does she have that fit her right now? I mean, how long is it going to take? So grandma is knitting a sweater. She's not going out and buying her one. So however long it would take her to knit the sweater, you might want to make it maybe a size or so larger than what she's normally wearing. So that way she will be able to wear it when you're finished. Otherwise, I mean, I agree with the other Full House podcast. It's like, why would you knit? a baby something that she's immediately gonna uh, outgrow. Spend the money, go to the store, get something maybe a size bigger so that way she can either grow into it and wear it longer. But then again, I don't have children, so... Yeah, they are kind of fat shaming her here, this little baby, as they measure her chest, measure her tum-tum, and Joey calls her a butterball because she's 18 inches around her waist and her chest. Which, why not just measure the waist and go with it? I mean, that's got to be the same size as her, her chest area. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Jesse makes a joke here about, Oh, you better hope that Grandma's not knitting you a sweater with horizontal stri stripes. Jesse, she's a baby. Don't fat chain, baby. Her hips? Why are you measuring her hips? How long is this sweater going to be? Guys, all you had to do is measure her waist. Or her chest at the most. And, and that would be enough. But then I, this is such a waste of time. Like I said, get a shirt she's already got. Find out, measure the size of the shirt. You should be golden and ready to go. But then again, it's Michelle. She's a cute little baby. They want to put her on screen as much as humanly possible to get the audience attached to her. And she's too young to develop an attitude at this point. So <laughs> that will come later. After the men have all spoiled her rotten. And clearly, on the show, Michelle is utterly the favorite. They spoil her, but it seems like Stephanie and Michelle definitely don't get the same amount of attention. Joey's wearing this short-sleeved button-up shirt that's got, like, puzzle pieces on it. It's, like, white puzzle pieces, and then it's got, like, light blue, yellow, and red puzzle pieces. I, I kind of like it. I think it's cool. So, apparently, they gotta get her inseam. Okay, let me... She's, they're ma she's making her a sweater, right? Why are you getting her inseam? You don't need that. So, Jesse's like, alright, put her on the table because they have to measure her inseam. And he's like, hey, why don't you do something fun? Make this fun for her so she doesn't get upset. Do some voices. She's fine. Oh, wait, maybe she's starting to get a little, uh, little crybaby face. Maybe not. Maybe not. So, Joey settles on, what does a moo cow say? Moo. Moo. And Jesse gets in there. They're both so close to her face that when they're saying it, it's like blowing her, her hair. Like, they've created a breeze with their breath, and it's just blowing her hair and her bangs. <laughs> so at this point, Kimmy Gibbler, DJ's best friend, and DJ come down the stairs. Kimmy takes one look at this display of moo, moo, as they're mooing at Michelle, turns to DJ and says, 
Your dad likes lets these people take care of you? Really? And then, of course, DJ's explanation is, well, you know, it's hard to find good help nowadays. I've seen this committed from memory, because I've seen these episodes all at least 20-plus times in the last many, many years that this show has been on. I mean, I watch it regularly on Hulu all the time. Ad nauseum. Poor Jeremy. He He's exhausted from every, every time. Come on. I'm like, can we watch Full House for dinner? Can we watch Full House for dinner? <laughs> While we eat dinner? So the guys are getting really close into Michelle's face to the point where Joey does a little raspberry on her cheek. And she's like, eh, too close, too close. So DJ and Kimmy, it looks like Kimmy's packing up her bag to head home. She's got her Walkman, which she's throwing in there, asking as they're walking into the living room, hey, you want to come to the church bake sale? DJ says, this is where we kind of get the plot of what's to come. I can't. My cousin Steve is coming in. I haven't seen him in two years. But Kimmy's like, but DJ, you gotta come. I made the three wise men out of strudel. That sounds so yummy. I love strudel. Although maybe I'm thinking, I might be thinking of streusel. Like a cream cheese uh, streusel cake. Hold on, I'm gonna check that out. There's gotta be a difference between them. So when I think strudel, I think pastry. But I might be thinking of streusel. Well, luckily I learned the difference. So strudel is the actual pastry. Streusel is the crumbly top that they sprinkle on like the cinnamon crumbs drusel cake so all right now i know the difference guys thank you kimmy thank you full house for straightening this out so here we kind of get a little definition from dj of her and steve's relationship she's just going based on what it was like two years ago when steve at the time was 15 and dj was nine years old She's like, oh, we go ice skating, we have fun, we mess around. They're like, she's like, he's like my big brother. And I like this line here. It says, it's like we're not even related, but in real life, they are their brother and sister. Which is kind of, that's kind of funny. So DJ's wearing this basic white t-shirt that's got a picture of an African setting with giraffes. And it says, Afriqui? Like, it's like Africa, but take off the, um, C-A and put Q-U-E. So these shirts, clearly, that the girls wear in the early seasons of the show, they're not brand names. There's something that somebody, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're like iron-on pictures and stuff, probably because they didn't have money to do name brand stuff, so they're getting generic, plain clothes. They're, they're kind of inventing their own thing. Which some of them some of them are kind of cool. At one point, Stephanie wears the shirt that's got a pound puppy on it. Even though it's not representing pound puppies. I think it says like houndstooth or something on it. But it's still pretty cool. I mean, I as a kid, I would have zeroed in on that pound puppy shirt in a heartbeat. So Kimmy's like, oh yeah, tell me what he looks like. And DJ's response is like, well, you know, looks aren't any, aren't everything. And Kimmy's like, oh yeah, he's a real geek burger, huh? And, and DJ pretty much solidifies that statement. Well, he does have braces, glasses, and of course a face full of zits, which 
Who doesn't at 15, right? Well, I mean, not for the glasses and braces part, but the, you know, the acne, the bad hygiene, the smelly pits if you're not wearing correct deodorant. Get a clearer picture of that shirt. It says Afriqu, A-F-R-I-Q-U-E. And it's definitely two giraffes out on the Serengeti Plains of Africa. So hearing that, Kimmy's like, oh yeah, definitely a geek burger, but with cheese. So added grossness. As soon as Kimmy reaches the door, the door opens. Stephanie comes in, getting ready to announce the arrival of Cousin Steve as she holds out her arm in a sweeping gesture to the door and says, Da-da-da-da! <clears throat> we don't see anything. Da-da-da-da! Still nothing. Stephanie peeks around the door. Steve! Da-da-da-da means get in here. And then, boom, Kirk Cameron pops his head in, says, I'm sorry, that was my first da-da-da-da. And the audience goes wild. Like, ah, Kirk Cameron! Because, guys, seriously, how else was anyone going to know that he was going to be on the show unless they read the TV guide for that week? Like, oh, Kirk Cameron guest stars, they would have known. They would have been known to expect it, but still. I'm going to play this clip of Steve's entrance. That applause goes on for a while. So, Kirk Cameron, as Cousin Steve, comes in. He's wearing a Letterman jacket, so it's not tied to any school. It looks like just a generic, like, letter jacket that you can probably get from any store. It's red. It's got the cream white sleeves. He's wearing basic pressed khakis, generic white tennis shoes, and then probably a, sh a shirt that probably says, like, the College of Baltimore or something like that. He says, greetings from Baltimore. Of course, it's been two years. Steve's clearly, his face is cleared up, braces gone, probably got contacts, and DJ is absolutely surprised. She does not even recognize her cousin at this point. She's like, Steve? Steve hails from Baltimore, Maryland. So, way across the U.S. So, DJ, Steve immediately is like, Oh, hey, DJ, how you doing, sport? And he rubs her head like, Hey, little kid, sick. Well, he, he's doing to DJ what he would technically should be doing to Stephanie. Because DJ is 11 years old. He's treating her like, oh, hey, little kid, how you doing? Let me rub your head. Like, like. So immediately, DJ goes into, hey, where are your glasses? And of course, yes, I was right. He did get contacts. Braces came off, didn't need them anymore. His teeth were straightened. Face full of zits. Well, they cleared up. He probably was using something similar to, like, proactive, maybe Clearasol. Or something like Stridex pads or something like that. So, Because he's kind of balancing on the edge of teenager 
right? I mean, 17, you got like one more year. And when you're 18, you're technically an adult. Not a full-fledged 21-year-old adult, but it seems like... I mean, I know all teenagers are different as far as when it comes to, you know, acne and stuff like that. Some people get it worse than others. I started getting them when, I mean, not acne. Acne is like a big, big problem. More like pimples, zits, an occasional one here, there, chin, you know, forehead, nose, whatever. I don't think I ever got one on the nose. But, um, it seems like the prime time for that is between the ages of 12 and maybe 16. It might stretch out a little longer, but you think by then your hormones will have balanced out with your body, whereas that tr transition from being a child to a teenager has pretty much shifted and taken place and even out. So Steve really relishes in the fact that his appearance has changed. Like, yeah, you know, one night I went to bed looking like a nerd, and then I woke up looking like this. Like, I don't think so, Steve. I think you had to work at that appearance. That just did not happen overnight. But he's like, isn't nature great? Sure. <laughs> so right after Steve says, isn't nature great, we cut back to Kimmy's expression. Her jaw is just on the floor. Goo goo gaga. Her eyes are bugging out of her head. Like, crush city here. First guy ever laid eyes on. Older guy. Cute. She's like, oh, it's the best. Shuts the door. Right as Danny's getting ready to walk in. Like, sh shuts the door right in his face. And Danny opens it and he's like, Kimmy, did you, do you realize you just shut the door in my face? And she's still, this is a little embarrassed. If I were DJ, I'd be embarrassed if my friend were doing this to a family member. She's gazing up at him in awe. Like, oh, this man, he is so tall and beautiful. I just want to stare at him all day. While she's looking at Steve, she's like, what door? She's not even looking at Danny. And I noticed that Danny, did they stop at the dry cleaners maybe to pick up his suit? Because at this point in the show, he's still uh, a sportscaster. He's not on Wake Up San Francisco. That won't happen until season two. And right as Kimmy's like, what door? That's when Steve turns, looks down at Kimmy like, oh, I didn't see you there. Actually, he says, hey, Danny, let me help you with your dry cleaning bag. Danny takes Steve over to the Elko, which has already got a cot set up and ready to be, um, ready to be slept in. He's just got to unfold it. Um, so I'm guessing, yeah, this is very towards the end of season one. So Joey's already got his room in the basement. DJ and Kimmy are just kind of following along like little lost puppy dogs. Like, oh, follow Steve. And Danny is so proud. He's like, DJ, can you believe your little cousin Stevie, that's probably what they called him back when he was younger, has been offered a scholarship from Stanford. You know Stanford, DJ, the college you won't get accepted by that you really want to go to in season eight? Poor girl. Breaks my heart. I kind of wonder if maybe later on, like, she just went to either a community college to start out, or maybe she would have went to Berkeley for a little bit and then, like, transferred to Stanford later on. 
like, hey, look at my grades. They're amazing. Take me, please. Or maybe this is where she gets the idea, like, hmm, Stanford. Hey, my cousin Steve went to Stanford. Even that's... Or does he go to... We don't know. This is dropped. We never hear or talk about cousin Steve ever again. It's like he didn't doesn't exist anymore. He has got that Mike Seaver charm here going on. And Danny is just, you know, Danny's a tall guy. He's like, I can't believe how much you've shot up in two years. You know, how tall you've gotten. And Steve's like, oh, well, I just credit that to, like, all the food I ate, all the um, exercise I did, and, of course, all the sleep I got during class. (laughs) Okay, this is where Steve finally looks down and sees that Kimmy's, like, right there glued to his side. She's like, oh, he's funny, too. Like, he, she's surprised, like, because he's an older guy and everything or something. I don't know. But he finally notices her. And the moment he directs his attention and bends down to talk to her, like, to her height level, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, we haven't met. And she's, uh, I'm, um, um. And Stephanie, of course, is like, you're Kimmy Gibbler. She's like, yeah, right, that's what she said. <laughs> I love how Stephanie says this. Is she's got a hand just below Kimmy's shoulder. Like, come on, Kimmy, get it together. You're not, or maybe you are a big dum-dum, but don't embarrass us, please. I love Stephanie's quips as she goes over to DJ and kind of slightly whispers. And kind of thumbs back to St- uh, Kimmy, like, seriously, how did she make it all the way to the fifth grade? <laughs> You're Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> how did she make it all the way to fifth grade? So Stephanie calls out to Jesse and Joey, like, hey, get in here with Michelle. And she goes into the kitchen as Jesse and Joey, Joey who's carrying Michelle, come around the other side through the laundry room and of course Danny's like oh this is and Steve's like oh no 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 let me let me guess let me guess uh you yes he points at Joey are the good looking musician with a great head of hair and Jesse just stands there like somebody socked him in the stomach And then he's like, let me guess, you, as he points to Jesse, are the guy with all the funny voices, right? (laughs) No. So Danny corrects him, like, oh, um, actually, no, this is Jesse and this is Joey. Of course, Joey's got to kind of add for clarification as he does his bullwinkle. Thank you very much. So Danny takes Michelle from Joey as he says, and here's someone you haven't met yet. Say hello to your new cousin, Michelle. So, of course, Pamela, Danny's wife, had passed away. So, has it been maybe half a year? Like, maybe six months or maybe even closer to a year? Yeah, I'm not sure. So, Steve, of course, he lives in Baltimore, so no, he was not going to make it back for the funeral. But I'm sure that he was notified that his Aunt Pam passed away. So immediately, Cousin Steve goes into cute baby mode, pinch of the cheeks. Hey, sport! He, he 
he's calling, calling the girls like, hey, sport, hey, little kid. And he's like, oh, coochie, coochie, coo, let me pinch your little cheekies and tickle your ears and everything. And she's just looking at him like, I'm not impressed. She looks away from him like, really? Who's this Yahoo? <laughs> she's like, ugh, I'm not impressed with you. And of course, Steve's retort is, what's the matter? You don't speak baby? <laughs> And if I were Michelle, I'd be like, huh, I can speak it better than you can, apparently. <laughs> How dare you insult me if I were Michelle. But DJ, she's got their whole weekend planned out because he's just there for the weekend. This afternoon, we go ice skating, which, DJ, I know you want it to be like old times, like no time has passed at all, but you do have to kind of understand and realize that Steve has grown up. He may not have those same interests anymore. Not to mention, he may have other plans, which he, I believe he does bring up here. Oh, actually, no. He says, you know, I kind of feel like playing some basketball. Now that Steve's older and everything, it's like Danny, Jesse, and Joey see this as an opportunity. As soon as Steve mentions basketball is like, hey, b-ball, yeah, hey, we can do two-on-two, two, right? Thus, leaving out DJ, who is going to stay there and watch her little sister and an infant, which, Danny, no. DJ is not, it's not that she wouldn't be responsible, but 11 is too young. Michelle is not even a year old, and even if she were, that is still too much responsibility for an 11-year-old. As soon as, like, oh, yes, side b-ball, DJ immediately is like, all right, let me get out my sweats. Because she's got these, these are really cool jeans. I think they're really cool. They're, they're ripped in many, they're deliberately, they're designed to be ripped all over, like, shredded for a cool look. But that smile is quickly gone from her face. She doesn't even reach the stairs as Danny kind of pulls her aside and says, Oh, DJ, I'm sorry, honey, could you please stay here with Stephanie and Michelle? Just bring the family, bring them there. Go to the court together. The girls can hang out on the, ble on the bleachers and stuff. And then let Stephanie, or let DJ be involved. Are they going to, like, an old-school basketball court that doesn't have a set of bleachers that you can't bring the kids there? At least that way, you could still keep an eye on your kids and not come home to find out that Child Protective Services is coming in there and taking your kids away, Danny, because that is unacceptable. But no, he just decides to burst her bubble and leave her there and make her head babysitter of the kids. So this is an interesting bit of continuity here. Um, Jesse's all psyched about basketball, right? There's an episode, I believe, in season eight called Air Jesse, where apparently Jesse does not know how to play basketball. It's like, dude, you were, we didn't see you play ball, but you knew how to, you're dribbling the ball. I see you dribbling it. You must know some concept of putting the ball in a hoop and everything like that. So the guys got the doorways, they're standing there on the stoop, and they're all like, hey, pass it, let's pass the ball around to each other to, like, kill time. <laughs> and as DJ is standing by watching this, her heart breaks a little more as not, you know, for not being included. Oh, we cut to Michelle, who's clapping, like, yay! 
So, yeah, Jesse, Danny, and Steve are all thrown into each other. Joey's like, hey, hey, throw it to me. Throw it to me. I'm open. And Jesse's like, oh, fine. Here you go, Joey. And they're like, hey, Joey, Joey, come on. Throw it to me. Throw it to me. As Danny, Jesse, and Steve are right there. Joey tosses it like he's going to get it to Jesse. Goes right out the open door. Like, oh, seriously? You could have hit a car or a pedestrian. Did I mean, he chucked that pretty good, I'd say. So, they all, like, glower at Joey, and he's like, Oh, hey, you got another ball? It's like, alright, let's just go to the court, man. So, in the next scene, the girls are all in the kitchen getting lunch put together. We got the plates on the kitchen table, along with a big giant bowl of chips. We got some celery, radishes, carrots, maybe cauliflower... Um, Stephanie's prepared some sandwiches, and of course, we have generic cola. So, DJ's still doing the whole, this is so great, we're gonna have, Steve and I will have lunch together, and then I'll show him these pictures of us from Thanksgiving two years ago. And she's just got some Polaroids there, I think. Of course, Kimmy uses this as the perfect time... To ask, how long is Steve going to be staying at your house? Three or four days, DJ says. And Kimmy's like, oh yeah, I'm going to stay here too. So Stephanie brings over the tray of sandwiches. She's got bologna. There's one that's salami and cheese. And a peanut butter and jelly, which of course she made just for herself. The girls, of course, make a joke like, oh, let's hope you don't put them all into one sandwich. I'm thinking, that was a lame joke. Seriously, you can see they're all different sandwiches. And Stephanie decides, you know, take her sandwich because she knows the guys are going to come in. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be going through all the food. So she safeguards her PB&J by putting it under the seat cushion. Now, what do you guys like? Or do you prefer PB and strawberry jelly or PB and grape jelly? I eat the Encrustables, and I usually, I'll eat the PB and strawberry jelly ones, but I really like the whole wheat um, PB and grape jelly. They also have um, Smucker's Encrustables that are peanut butter and honey, which are alright. I really wish they did, like, raspberry ones, which they probably do, Smucker's does, but... It's nowhere here in where I live, so. So as DJ's doing, <coughs> excuse me, showing Kimmy the pictures, the guys all rush in through the door. DJ's like, hey guys, I made lunch. And the guys are like, ooh, food, 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 food. As they crowd around the kitchen table, each taking a plate. Why are you using regular plates? Just use a paper. That's what we do. Jeremy and I do during lunch. We don't use regular plates. Those usually are for dinner. We will use paper plates and then the paper plate holders for lunch. So that way it cuts down on the amount of dishes that I have to do. So the guys are loading up their plates. Poor Stephanie, her eyes are just like, oh my gosh, thank good that sandwich. I could have lost it if I left it up there on the plate. And Joey's like, hey guys, there's a Lakers Celtics game on. You want to watch? They're like, yeah, more b-ball! After they're done playing basketball, let's watch some basketball. So they are in a basketball-fueled state. Danny takes the entire bowl of chips, and we see what's left. 
the girls don't have sandwiches to eat except for Stephanie who safeguarded her sandwich and put it under the seat cushion. We see some radishes, we see some celery stalks or celery pieces and some carrots just haphazardly just tossed on the table, forgotten. And as an afterthought, as Danny, Joey, and Jesse and Steve are all heading out the kitchen into the living room, like, Danny's like, hey, girls, come watch the game with us. Like, oh, maybe we should include you. So Stephanie grabs, Stephanie grabs her sandwich, leads the charge into the living room with DJ and Kimmy following with each a single carrot stick to munch on. That is their lunch. Oh, she, uh... Just drops the Polaroids on the kitchen counter. Meh. That idea is come and gone. <laughs> so in the living room, guys are all watching the game. Jesse is sitting on the ottoman. And he's got that big bowl of chips that he's helping himself to. We got Stephanie squeezed in next to Danny. Steve's next to Danny. And then, of course, Kimmy secures a spot where she's being squished to death. But she's happy. She's right next to Steve's bum. So, Danny and Steve are tossing around some sports stuff facts as far as Danny hopes the Lakers can be repeat champions. Steve says if they do, they'll be the first since Boston in 69 and 70. So definitely, I mean, Steve's a sports guy. Danny's a sportscaster. So, of course, they're going to know this information. So, DJ uses this as a time to show off her awesome new shredded jeans like hey steve you like my jeans they're brand new like oh yeah they're great dj is wearing what looks like um mustard yellow converses converse shoes so i'm guessing the lakers must have scored a because the guys are all like yes 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 and dj does this overly enthusiastically yes pumping her arms up to the sky and the guys and Stephanie D and Kimmy all turn to look at DJ like you don't get this either <laughs> cuz that's what Stephanie says like you don't understand any of this either i mean the guys DJ is trying so desperately to fit in and be, just like the episode title says, just one of the guys. On the mantle, the fireplace mantle, just behind DJ, we see a shot of Danny and Pam. We also see a shot of what looks like, I'm guessing that's supposed, is that supposed to be baby Michelle? And Stephanie and DJ? Because I see Pam right there. They must have hired the actress, or maybe it's a different actress? Than the one that appears in that home movie later in, um, season three, two, one of those. In the Goodbye Mr. Bear episode. So Steve stands up like, hey, anyone else want another pickle? And DJ's like, we're out of pickles. I didn't see any pickles on the vegetable tray unless they were on the opposite side away and out of the shot of the camera. But DJ's like, well, we're out of pickles. And Kimmy volunteers herself to get pickles at her house, which she also says, if we don't have any, I will take a cab to the market and get you some. And Steve, of course, is like, oh, thank you, Cammy." And DJ's kind of insulted, like, her name is Kimmy. 
But then out of earshot, Kimmy whispers like, hey, if it's Cammy to him, it's Cammy to me. All right, he can call me whatever he likes. So Joey starts getting a little confident here. Like, I'm going to play some bets. Like, I bet that Magic Johnson steals the ball. And of course he does. And they're little low bets, like a buck or something like that. So they're not really that high. And then Joey gets even more confident playing out this scenario. Like, I bet so-and-so steals the ball. Passes to so-and-so, does this, does a high jump to hit the, uh, in the basket. Like, that is a lot. And even that I would look at and be really, really suspicious. Like, okay, that's a, a scenario that you just made up in your head that you think is going to happen. Why would you know? And then, as soon as it happens, I'd be like, okay, something's... Because later revealed, of course, is that... Stephanie actually blows his cover like wow Joey you didn't know any of this stuff when we watched this tape this morning so this is gonna be like maybe around noon and the game was probably played around eight o'clock in the morning and they taped it so Joey I bet anything he set that he was the one who brought up, like hey let's go watch the game so he must have had the tape all ready to go and, like, playing like it's an actual game that's being played at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning or whatever. So, yeah, he set this up as soon as Stephanie blows his cover. Jesse's already out, like, a few bucks. He's like, all right, let me rip the tape out of the player, bring it over to you as evidence. Like, ah, yeah, here, let me hit you on your forehead with this VHS tape. Which, I think that would hurt. He's like, I bet if you don't give me my money back, you're gonna die. <laughs> and then, Joey does give him the money back. But he turns to Stephanie like, hey, I was gonna give you half, okay? Like, sure you were, Joey, sure. So we hear Michelle cry. Danny gets up to go check on Michelle. But then, of course, Steve's like, hey, I got this. Don't worry, Uncle Danny. You just hang with the... Uh, your buds, I will take care of it. And Danny is skeptical, like, oh, sure, of course you can take care of my infant child, being you have, like, no experience with children whatsoever. Sure. And he does say, hey, DJ, go help him out, because he, he's not going to know what to do. So while Steve and DJ head upstairs, Joey's like, hey, Steve, your nephew Steve is a really great guy. And this is where we get a little bit of expedition here from Danny. He says, thanks for being so nice. Ever since his dad moved out, Steve's been kind of having a rough time with this. Oh, he's, he doesn't say he's had a rough time. He says he hasn't had much guy stuff as far as an adult male role model in his life. Positive real male role model in his life. Thank you for including. That's probably why they were like, let's do the basketball thing. Let's do this. Let's do that. So that way... He won't feel so, you know, upset about his dad being gone if he's got some guys, you know, his, you know, guy stuff and stuff to do. I love Stephanie. She includes herself like, yep, uh, us guys gotta stick together. And she puts an arm around Danny and an arm around Joey. Like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's us. We're the guys. See, I like this about Stephanie. Stephanie doesn't care. She will include herself whereas DJ is kind of out on the outs here where she's hesitant she wants to be included but I don't think she really wants to flat out ask to be included she just wants to feel included in this 
male bonding sesh that the guys all got going. But honestly, I think that that's only because she wants to spend time with Steve, but Steve is spending time with her dad and Uncle Jesse and Joey. She feels the only way she's going to even get any time with her cousin is if she participates in like watching the game and, and, and this and that. Now we cut up to Michelle's room as Steve goes in there like, oh hi Michelle, are you sleepy? Are you grumpy? He starts listing all the seven dwarfs. And I notice the border um, wallpaper around Michelle's room. That is the exact wallpaper that um, my Aunt Debbie had put up in her daughter Laura's room when her daughter, Laura, who was probably maybe three years younger than me, you know, when I went to live with them, I had to share a room with her, and, um, it wasn't fun. <laughs> I'd rather share a room with DJ. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just immediately, as I saw this as, an, like, a late teen adult, actually, no, when I, when I saw this as, again, in reruns as an adult, I'm like, hey, I recognize that, um, border wallpaper. So we keep cutting back to reactions of Michelle, who's just sitting there with their mouth agape, like, and DJ's like, oh, having fun? <laughs> and Steve's like, yeah, I always have fun here. I mean, your dad is awesome. And DJ's like, you know, I'm really glad that you're back. And of course, Steve is like, his direction, his his focus is on Michelle, like, hey, is the little kid okay? It's like, well, if she weren't, she'd be crying. She's probably just got a wet diaper or something. She just needs to be changed, is, is all. So as soon as DJ says, I think she needs to be changed, Steve's like, oh, he backs away, like, uh, hands in the air, like, no, 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 that's not me. I'm not into that kind of thing. I'm thinking, well, if you plan to have children one day, you probably do need the practice. So DJ actually says, let's practice on this cheetah monkey here the the monkey's name is cheetah i gotta get a diaper we'll put on the changing table and while he's working on changing the the d diaper on the stuffed monkey dj brings up the ice skating oh when she says i think you need a dry run of this he's like well i think we're a little late for that that's where she brings up the whole let's practice on this monkey stuffed monkey first yeah i always when I heard this in the in the in reruns and stuff, I immediately latched on to whether it was a continuity issue or or something to that effect. When she mentions ice skating, he's like, "Well, I can't. Your dad's taking me to a Warriors game tomorrow." And she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, we can go tomorrow." And I, uh, he he just told you he can't, DJ. So why would you say we can go tomorrow? Almost like forget what he said. Forget that he said he can't do it. But then again, how long is a Warriors game? Where is it located? They can't do two things in one day? How long? How late? Like, what time is the game? And what time, how late does the ice skating rink? They could do both. But then again, Steve to say, I'm a little too old for that stuff. You are never too old for ice skating. I would like to learn to ice skate one day. I keep saying that every single year, every time the Olympics comes around, like, oh, I wouldn't mind learning how to ice skate. Never proceed with it. It's always like, I'd like to do this. Never happens. <laughs> it's almost like a passing phase, like when the moment the idea arises, like, oh, like it's because either I'm reading something or I'm watching something and the interest is peaked. 
until I'm done either reading said thing or whatever I'm watching, and then it's like, it passes. Like, meh, well, that idea was fun for the moment. <laughs> like, when I saw Free Willy, I wanted to be a marine biologist, and then eventually by the time I got home, I'm like, meh, not really. The movie just made it look cool. <laughs> okay, so this ice skating, ice skating rink is right near a mall or in a mall, because she's like, we can go to a movie, we can go get pizza, and then my friend Jennifer's having a boy-girl party, which, Steve is 17, sweetie. You are 11 years old. I can't see Jennifer's parents wanting a 17-year-old boy at their party, unless they want him to chaperone it, which... That in itself would be very inappropriate. But she it's almost like she wants to pack in a day worth of all this stuff. Which at this point, he, he hasn't even been there a full day. And she's not even taking into consideration that Danny might have planned Steve's stay with him in advance. Over the phone, like, hey, you come out, we'll do this, I'll take you to a game, we'll look at... And Steve even mentions uh, mentions how I'm kind of going to be looking at colleges while I'm out here, which he probably does. We don't we don't see that in this episode because it's only really seems to only be covering a day or a day and a half of time here. And she did say he's going to be out there for three or four days. So I just kind of realized now when Steve says I'm going to be looking at colleges when I'm out here. Now I just kind of think, well, wait a minute, he just accepted or he just got a scholarship to Stanford why would you want to look at other schools which then again maybe the scholarship isn't going to be enough to cover his whole four years at college maybe he wants to look at other schools in case there are other schools he wants to apply to maybe he just got a early scholarship ahead because of his uh, for, you know his athletic scholarship but the one thing that deflates DJ's enthusiasm balloon is when he turns to her and says, well, I'm a little too old for that kind of stuff. And that that cuts DJ. That makes it because this whole time she's been seeing Steve as the Steve, the 15-year-old Steve from two years ago. That's all that she's seeing. Her mind won't let her accept anything else until he deflates that in enthusiasm balloon and she realizes he's not the same Steve. Of course it feels like Steve and DJ didn't get any real time to talk because Danny comes up. So yeah, Danny's just checking things out. He's like, hey Michelle doesn't even go over to, you know, pick her up or, or you know, stroke her hair or anything. Eh, hi. He's like, hey, how's it going in here? And Steve holds up Cheetah the monkey, he's got the diaper on, like, hey, I think this speaks for itself. And Danny's like, hey, Cheetah looks happy, you changed his diaper. And he's like, hey, come on, the bullets, it says the bullets are playing the pistons. I thought he said the bowl. Okay, he does say bullets, which I don't know what basketball team they are. I do kind of think here that Danny wishes that he did have a son. Because he's got three girls. The only time he guy time he gets is with Jesse and Joey. Which he is such a polar opposite of Jesse. It's like, hey, this is my nephew. I can hang out with him and pretend he's my son for a bit, <laughs> even though he's not. So Danny asks a deflated DJ, like, hey, Deej, you got any plans? And she's like, well, I did. I don't now. 
And he's like, well, you do now because we are all going to the park. And Danny turns to Steve like, hey, buddy, how's some touch football sound? And Steve is like, oh, heck yeah. No, he is sports enthused. Like, all right, after that, we can play some soccer or some basketball. Wait a minute, you guys, you just got done playing basketball. Volleyball and tennis. Well, I can tell you you're not playing volleyball, and you're definitely not going to play tennis. Maybe soccer. You know, DJ does play soccer later on. Michelle also plays soccer later on, although she's not nearly as good. I love Danny's um, re reply with, yeah, then we'll play a game of let's rush Uncle Danny to the hospital. Because I'm only 30. So now that Danny and Steve have disappeared, DJ decides to take baby Michelle with her to the rocking chair. She needs to vent how she's feeling. Like, hey, what do you think of your cousin Steve, huh? Yeah, I know. You should have seen him two years ago. Back when he was my friend. And, you know, he's not anymore. He's just a big dumb jock. Well, she doesn't say dumb. He's like, he's just a big jock. And it really doesn't matter. Unless you're a guy, you're not considered important at all. Of course, Danny says, hey, since we're going to the Warriors game, I can take you back there since I'm a sportscaster and I can introduce you to the team. And Steve, a particular player Steve wants to meet, as he says, the man is a building. And Danny's like, the team is a city. Ralph Sampson, that's who Steve wants to meet. Okay, so she places Michelle with a little blanket and a bottle into the rocking chair and she just kind of kneels bes beside it. And you hear the music play in where we're supposed to sympathize with how DJ's feeling. She's like, hey Michelle, what do you think of your cousin Steve? Yeah, I know. He's just a big jock. So DJ's like, you should have known him two years ago when he was my friend. Now he's just a big jock. He doesn't care about me anymore. And the moment that she says it, Michelle reaches a hand out, almost instinctively, a reassuring hand to DJ. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry he's treating you that way. Yeah, right now all he really cares about is sports. And, you know, she says, guess you're just nothing around here unless you're one of the guys. Which, Stephanie doesn't have this problem. She's not affected at all. But then again, two years ago, she was maybe th three years old. So, she didn't, or maybe, well, if she was, maybe she's five at this point, right? So two years ago, she would have been three. She would not have cared who Steve was. Oh, I thought that's cute how DJ kisses Michelle's hand. Like, oh, thank you for caring about me, little sister. So now we come back from the commercial. We got Joey and Jesse pushing the couches out of the way to the far end of the living room. So you have space on the large area rug. As DJ is kind of lightly tossing the football from one hand to the other... Telling the guys, you know, thank you so much for doing that. Tomorrow's my first real game of touch football, and I really would like to get some tips. I'm sure she figures it's like, the only way I'm going to be able to spend time with my cousin is if I integrate myself into this game. If I stop sulking and just throw myself into it and make myself included, because I'm not going to wait for an invitation anymore. She says, I don't want to look stupid. And Jesse puts a hand up like, stop, you look stupid already. And she's like, what? He's like, it's not football. It's football! 
Like, a, he says it drawn out like a big grunting masculine, oh, football! So Danny, uh, just, alright, good, you got lesson number one. Lesson number two, sheer intensity, like the eye contact, very serious. He stands up, zeroes in on Joey. So they're both making mean, like, football faces. Granted, they cannot hold that for very long before they just start to crack and start to laugh. <laughs> oh, these guys are having a good time. And they turn to you like, yeah, it's, it's something like that. <laughs> so Jesse's like, all right, let's show her a play. Let's kind of run a play here and show her how, you know, demonstrate it. So this is the call that he makes. A down and out, or down and out, fake to the flag, button hook back, and I'll hit ya. So I don't, I guys, I don't watch football. I don't know any of this lingo. I definitely don't know what a button button hook is either. So basically, Jesse stands behind Joey. Joey hikes the ball between his legs. Jesse takes it. Joey jumps over one of the the love seats, grabs a cushion, a pillow cushion is in his mouth, shakes it like a dog, jumps over the other love seat. As he's heading between the doorway that would lead to the laundry room, like, go, Joey, go long, I'm gonna pat, throw it to you. So, Jess, uh, Joey's already disappeared in the kitchen, so Jesse's got the football in his arm ready to chuck it. He's like, alright, DJ, because DJ's standing right next to him, kind of watching his cues. So like, alright, I'm reading the defense, right? Checking the pass rush. I'm checking my receivers. I'm still checking my receivers. Finally, he looks down at his watch and his arm. I'm not only checking my watch. He's like, Joey, where are you? Joey comes through. Oh, hey, I made a sandwich. So, Jesse spikes the ball to him. Joey catches it. Je Jesse's like, hey, spike it. Boom. Down goes the sandwich. Spilled all over the floor, the toppings, everything. And Jesse's like, no, the football. And boom, football goes down. They all get a little huddle, kind of smacking arms and legs and all that good stuff. So Jesse kind of tells DJ, hey, guys were just born to play football. Like, it, that is a wide generalization as far as just, or a wide assumption saying the general populace of men know how to play football just straight out the womb. They, they don't. Either... You have an interest or you do not have an interest. But don't, like, don't throw all all the male populace in there as in they all love to play football. My husband does not love to play football. He's never played it in his life. He doesn't even watch football. Thank goodness. I married someone who is not that big on sports. Family's in the park. We got Jesse playing his guitar. He's got his guitar case open. Baby Michelle's got a beret on. Playing a harmonica, just blowing into it. I love Michelle's little outfit here. It's just a onesie, zip-up onesie with SF on it for San Francisco colors. Probably San Francisco 49ers. What is that BC Rich? On, um, that looks like that's on, is that on Jesse's guitar? Some guy comes past and he just drops some money in there. And of course, Jesse's like, hey buddy, little Michelle, half that's mine. So, Stephanie's sitting in Steve's lap. Kimmy is right there. She's practically force-feeding Steve sandwiches. 
of cheese and lettuce and whatever meat. And she's like, hey, you want another one of my sandwiches? And Steve's like, eh, three is more than enough. I, I can't eat anymore, but thank you. So DJ finds this as a prime time to throw out some basketball knowledge that she's learned from either Joey or Jesse or a book about basketball. So here's her fact. Wilt Chamberlain scored the most points ever in the NBA. In the NBA game. Gotcha. And Moses Malone, never heard of him, joined the league right out of high school. And if the Bulls ever built their team around Michael Jordan, they'd be unstoppable. And the family all looks at her like, that was nice, but for spouting that information, DJ, thank you. But we could have cared less if we hadn't heard it. It just, or could have cared less. Just, uh, like, thank you. <laughs> Dave Poulier is just stretched out, like, oh, that's gotta be relaxing for him. Where everyone else pretty much has gotta be, like, their legs have gotta be sore. Because they're all sitting, uh, pretzel legs there. Pretzel legs crossed. So this is going to be, would you say, I mean, yes, it's San Francisco, but would you say this is like late, late summer, like early fall? Because most of everyone, Danny's in a Warriors sweatshirt, Jesse's in what looks like his exterminator getup, but he's got the sleeves cut off. And the, you know, DJ, Steve and Kimmy and Stephanie, they're all in, you know, sweatshirts. Of course, D Joey is wearing a Red Wings uh, jersey. So DJ finally notices, like, the silence. Okay, I didn't get anything from this. Let's play football! As everyone gets up and gets ready to play. Now they're going to pick teams. Of course, Danny designates himself as captain because, well, it's my football. And then, of course, Jesse's like, well, I'll also be captain. And Joey makes a crack about saying Jesse's hair looks like a football helmet. Watch Michelle as Jessie, who was holding her, puts her down. Like, she's gonna get crushed by somebody. Put her in a little playpen. Which I think is what they do once they actually start to play. Oh, you knew right out the gate, Danny, the first person he picked would be Steve. Jesse picks DJ. Er, my man, DJ! <laughs> of course, DJ's gotta get in her, uh, grungy football talk. Like, hey, I want you! I want you! <laughs> of course, Kimmy's late, cause Danny's, uh, up next to pick somebody's like, hey, if I'm not on Steve's time team, I'll die. Okay, Kimmy. <sighs> Why are you here again? Oh, that's right, because your family doesn't want you around. And the whole time, poor Joey is just like, hey, what about me? Come on, I'm uh, come on, pick me, pick me. <laughs> and Stephanie is like, I am insulted. You seriously picked. Kimmy Gibbler over your own flesh and blood daughter. How rude. I would have said how rude. So, why did they write this into the show where Kimmy goes over, way to go, big Stevie, as she slaps his ass? Why? She does this at least a couple times. Like, why are you having this young girl smack this 20-year-old's ass? And we didn't think anything of it back in 1988. When she does it, she's got this giant ear-to-ear -ear smile on her face. And he looks at her like, what are you doing? Don't ever touch me. Alright, so Jesse's pick. Okay, here we go. Wait, let's see. I'll pick. I need someone with good hands. Good hands. 
Uh, Michelle. <laughs> She's not even going to be playing. That just adds insult to injury. And Stephanie's like, you picked Michelle? So finally, Danny's like, all right, Stephanie, you can be on our team. And then poor Joey's like, will someone please pick me before a stray dog shows up? So Jesse's like, all right, Joey, I'll pick you. So first play of the game, Jesse ch chucks it to DJ. She slams it down in the end zone. Boom, touchdown. They all celebrate, Jesse and Joey and DJ. I love how they all, all three of them go, in your face! <laughs> and Kimmy's like, oh, don't worry about it, big guy. She's right next to sleep. Steve and slaps his ass again. And he turns around and he's like, hey, I'm worried about you. You got some serious issues here. She slapped one cheek and then she slaps his other butt cheek. So DJ goes over to Steve like, hey, Steve, aren't we having the best time? He's like, yeah, the greatest. And then she... DJ zeroes in on Stephanie, like, what are you looking at, fool? Or no, what are you looking at? And Stephanie's like, nothing, fool. <laughs> oh, DJ calls Stephanie a chump, and Stephanie's like, nothing, fool. You can clearly see that Stephanie's ears are pierced. So, D uh, Kimmy comes up to see, let's get him, Stevie, and he turns away from her, like, do not even touch me again. I swear, I will hit you. Alright, so now it's Stephanie's turn. Danny gives her the ball. He picks Stephanie up and starts to run with her, like running the ball. Of course, she is ta uh, you know, touch football as Jesse touches her shirt. Like, ah, I almost fell for the statue of Stephanie trick. I think that is so funny. They got Michelle in a little playpen and she's got the little pom-poms. <laughs> So, Steve interjects here, like, alright, you girls, you've had your fun, we've all played together, now it's time for us four guys to play some football. Some real football. Just the guys. DJ, of course, takes offense to this, like, hey, just because we're girls doesn't mean we can't play, why don't we put the ball down and see what you guys are made of. So, she's getting offended, and she wants to be included so they decide to just, you know, go with the kids again and, and play another, um, another round. As soon as she says, let's pull the ball down and see what you guys are made of, all three of the, all four of the guys are like, ooh, like, come on, guys, knock it off. So Danny throws the ball to Steve, who DJ tackles him, which it's touch football. And I think she just does this because she's angry at all of this you know, the fact that she wasn't going to be included and the guys were just going to want to play. And she's getting a little too much into the football. And even Steve gets up and is like, DJ, what are you doing? This is touch football, not tackle. And Danny even sides with Steve. Like, hey, yeah, Steve is right. You are getting a little too out of hand, sweetie. And DJ is like, sure, take his side. Why don't you just adopt him? That's what you want. Maybe this is not just the fact that Steve is a big jock, but I think the fact that Danny is mon monopolizing all of Steve's time and vice versa. Maybe it isn't just about Steve. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, Danny's happy to have a, a guy around. Maybe part of him wishes he had had a son. 
Yeah, Steve even asked DJ what her problem is when he gets up off the ground. Like, she's like, I got no problem. You got a problem? And he's like, yeah. Steve is a gas. He's like, yeah, that was a pass interference automatic first down, which... He's, oh, he's looking at, you know, Danny, Jesse, Joey. Like, guys, come on, back me up here. I'm right on this, aren't I? And, of course, DJ's like, no way, you wimp. Yeah, Danny sides with, with Steve. Like, hey, DJ, you are way out of line. We are not playing tackle here. Yep, DJ is very angry that her dad took Steve's side, not hers. Like, why don't you just adopt him? You guys are such buddies. Danny doesn't disagree with her. <laughs> Danny's like, uh, uh. Now DJ runs off like, oh, great. Now I'm going to be crying like a little girl. Because maybe she sees herself as part tomboy, part... Although this is really the only time we see her act any sort of tomboyish at all. As soon as Steve goes back to Baltimore, she is back to being her girly self. Danny runs after DJ. Joey's like, okay, this is awkward. Okay, you know what? Halftime, guys. Let's just do our thing. And of course, Kimmy's like, hey, shake it off, big guy. And she slaps his ass cheek again. His ass has got to be sore. The way she's slapping it, she is like pulling her hand back and just whoop. So now we go over to Danny and DJ on a park bench. He's like, hey, what's with all this? Why don't you adopt him stuff? Like, something is clearly bothering you. And DJ points it out. It's like, oh, come on, Dad. It's pretty obvious. You're taking Steve to ball games. You're having fun. High fives all over the place. And Danny's like, well, what's wrong with that? You know Steve's dad moved out. He really needs this right now. And DJ's like, well, Dad, I want to spend time with him, too. So Steve's dad moved out a year ago. And he's kind of putting this onto DJ that Steve needs me right now. So he hasn't had any time to need you in the last year. But then again, Danny just lost his wife, like, less than a year ago, too. So he probably did not have time to focus on his nephew and his sister's divorce. Dude, yeah, I get it. Hanging out with the guys. Having your guy time. And he's like, well, what's wrong with that? And she's like, nothing. That's fine. But unless you're a girl, where do I fit into all this? I want to spend time with him, too. And she, she's like, you know, I, I don't know. You know, two years ago, we were such good friends. And now we're like strangers. And Danny's like, well, I'll tell you what happened. You know, Steve's grown up a lot in the past two years. You know, he's becoming a young man. You know, he's 17. He's going to be graduating high school soon, going to colleges, hanging out with his friends. That age gap that you have of six years is really, really high. But two years ago when you were nine and he was 15... That is still a 15-year-old hanging out with a 9-year-old. I can't see that. And Danny really is like, hey, I know you're having a hard time with this, but that is no reason to clean his clock and get pissed off. And basically what you're doing, taking your anger and frustration out on him. He doesn't deserve that. So DJ's like, fine, Dad. I'll go take Michelle and Stephanie and we'll go play Duck Duck Goose. So really, this is just a matter of DJ wanting to be included and not be left out. That's what I'm kind of getting from all of this. It's not so much that she's missing out on spending time with her dad. And it's not so much that Steve is monopolizing her dad's time. It's not about that. It's about 
the fact that she wants to spend time with her cousin and she can't deal with the fact that that age gap that was two years ago was really not that big of a deal is a huge deal two years later. Now, I kind of like DJ's room here. It's got... Oh, DJ and Stephanie's room. It's got, like, this different colored, multicolored circles. It's just, like, um, geometric patterns. And we got some posters. We got the bangles. We got San Francisco pennants up there. San Francisco Giants. Um, looks like a trolley car. There's a poster of that on the closet door. I like that DJ's comforter. It's flipped over where it's a solid gray pattern, but on the other side is also the multicolored shapes that kind of go with the room itself. And we also see on a corkboard, DJ looks like she is a good student. She's won some awards, probably. I don't think they have honor roll yet because she's only in elementary school. She's playing with her stuffed animals. Looks like she's got a giant, I think that's a rhinoceros. And um, another one might be also like a kind of a plum colored um, elephant maybe. She does have the football on her nightstand there. And the moment that she hears that it's Steve who's knocking at the door, she immediately drops the stuffed animal at Jumps off her bed, takes the football, tosses it around like, oh, I'm not such a little kid. So Steve pops his head in like, hey, are you sure it's safe? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, hey, I've been here two days now, and this is the first time I've actually been up to your room. And she's like, well, she kind of throws it in his face like, well, you're a busy guy. And he's like, well, yeah, my schedule opened up, and I was hoping maybe I could talk to you. And DJ is like, sweetie, you gotta lose the fucking attitude. He's now willing to actually talk to you so you guys can calmly discuss this. But if you're gonna be a little brat and say, me, you wanna talk to little old me. And I'd be like, I would like to talk to you if you can handle this like a mature 11-year-old. Sure. But if you're gonna be a little brat, then we can just end it right now. So... Steve's like, hey, I want to talk about why you clobbered me. Why did you do that? And she's like, I felt like it. And he's like, well, why did you feel like it? And she's like, I just did. She says, I, I was mad at you. I was looking forward to you coming here, and then I you didn't even want to go ice skating with me. You said, well, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. Do you know how that made me feel? And she says, I thought we could do stuff like we did last time. I miss the old Steve. Again, that music is piped in for this as... Steve opens up to DJ. Although, in Steve's case, he's like, hey, I'm still the same Steve. And she's like, no, you're not. The old Steve would not have waited two days to come up to my room. Why does it always end with the other person apologizing as she goes to sit on Stephanie's bed after she chucks the football over to the little window there, the nook. And he's like, oh, DJ, I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. Why are you apologizing to her? You have nothing to apologize for, Steve. This is on DJ. And Steve says, hey, look, I'm here now. I'm still your cousin and I still love you. So don't you think we can try and be friends again, he says. And now she's a little hesitant. She's like, you seem so much older. Now she's recognizing the age differences like this... She realizes that this big, this is big, a big gap here. Like, I'm into things that you've kind of outgrown. 
So he's like, I know it's a big deal, me being 17 and you're 11, like, that's a big age gap. But, you know, when I'm 100 and you're 94, like, that is not even going to matter. I was like, yeah, I mean, think about it. When you both are, like, in your 20s or 30s, you guys are going to get along famously. Not that they're not getting along famously now. It's just the age range is too, there's, she's too young, he's too old. They can have a relationship, but it just, I don't know. So they decide to start over. As Steve goes outside, he says, greetings from Baltimore. And she's like, hey, what happened to your uh, glasses, braces, and zits? And he's like, oh, well, um, all gone, all gone. Isn't nature great? And they hug, and it's all good. So he asks, like, hey, you want to go ice skating? She's like, nah, that's for little kids. But then she's like, well, if you really want to. Like, all right, come on. So I thought it was a cute episode. Uh, you know, I, I think that maybe this could have been, a, I shouldn't say a last-ditch effort, to pump some more um, viewers into the show. Sometimes maybe maybe a show does that. Like when they realize, hey, we're not getting the ratings. Let's bring on a guest star from another hit show and see how that pans out. Because you heard that applause. They really, really like them. Or they really, really liked that Kurt Cameron was there. Um, but that's the end of the episode. I pretty much, I would probably rate this. Average 3 out of 5. DJ's attitude got to be a bit much. And it just was... I feel it really was not warranted. That it all could have been settled if she had just sat down and just talked it out like she did at the end. Like, I know you're feeling angry and everything like that, but just work work through it. So I hope you all like the episode. And have a great Monday Let's hopefully have a great April, because March for me was not a good month. Bye-bye, everybody.